In order to retire successfully, you'll need vision. You'll also need a plan to execute that vision. Welcome to Retirement Pathfinder with Barbara Lane and Phil Gusky. On today's show, we'll give you the tools you need to navigate unique challenges you'll face in retirement. It's time to chart your financial future. Retirement Pathfinder starts now. Well, hello and welcome into the Retirement Pathfinder. I'm Ben George. They are Barbara Lane and Phil Gusky, Retirement Income Planning Specialists over at Pathfinder Wealth. And we're excited for today's show. We're going to jump into the mailbag and answer your questions, the ones that you've sent in. We've kind of filtered through them and found some ones that we like, and we'll do our best to answer them today on the podcast. Barbara and Phil, welcome in. How are you? Oh, we're doing we're doing well. Trying to stay cool in this hot weather, Ben. <laughs> It's hot everywhere yes. right now, I think. It is. It yep. is. It is. And you know, I'm not going to say a word about it because I'll remember this come January, <laughs> February. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll remind you. I'm sure the listeners might remind you as well uh, when mm-hmm. it's ice cold there. So you enjoy whatever, whatever we have, you know, live in the moment, right? That's what we always try to mm-hmm. do. Yeah. Um, what else is going on? I know we haven't had an update from you in a while. Phil, how's everything? Well, let's talk about something that uh, regard that regards the farm here. Um, okay. I decided I wanted to take a, a, a two-week vacation here. I haven't taken a vacation in a while, and so take a two-week vacation. But here's what I wanted to do. I wanted to uh, kind of work on the farm, and so I'm gonna I'm gonna title this segment "The Dangers of a Working Vacation." And so, <laughs> <laughs> um, what we have at our farm, of course, is uh, we have uh, we have woods, we have meadows, we have. Uh, what we call a CRP conservation reserve program where it's set aside. And so, you know, if you don't really keep up with that stuff, Ben, it, it kind of gets out of hand. In fact, I got over there the other day before I went out there to kind of work on stuff. I realized that in our woods, we had almost like triple canopy. You couldn't even see the sky. It was so hmm. thick out there. So I thought, well, I'll go ahead and take my little chainsaw out there and just cut away on some stuff. And we should be able to take care of this, you know, pretty quickly. Right. So two weeks ago, I started on a seven o'clock in the morning by seven thirty. The temperature had reached 85 degrees with a humidity mm-hmm. factor of 90%. And I was sopping wet. And I thought, man, this is crazy. Every 15 minutes, I have to stop and slug down some water. So uh, this is not going to be as easy as I thought. So uh, that chainsaw thing didn't work out. I decided I was going to go ahead and, and put a, a loader on my tractor. And, and I decided to go ahead and bulldoze <laughs> all that stuff you know, out of the way. And, and that seemed to work pretty well. But I'll tell you what, by the end of that week, I was sunburned. And uh, just, I couldn't work beyond probably 11 o'clock in the morning. It just got too hot out there. It was a hot week. It was a very hot, very, very humid mm-hmm. week. And so, uh, you know, so I want to just kind of give everybody a little bit of caution here. Uh, try to veer away from uh, working vacations if you can, because, uh, you know, I had to come back to work to kind of rest up, is what it really amounts to. <laughs> I think Lesson all, learned. I think we've all been in those taking those vacations before where we get back and we go, man, we need some more time off to recover. From what we just <laughs> yeah, so. yeah, that's that's right. And the, the the crux of it was I was only able to really get through about half of it. So we still have more to go on it. But you got to keep up with it. It's like, it's like having a 100-acre garden out there. You know, you just got to keep on pulling those weeds out before they overcome it. That's a lot of work. Yeah, yeah. I love it. Well, good update. Uh, Appreciate it. As always, Phil, you always kind of give us a little peek into what's happening on the farm. So I know I'm uh, thankful for Mm -hmm. those updates. All right. Let's uh, let's jump into the mailbag again. If you have questions for us, you can send them in. If you you wanted to sit down and talk with Barbara and Phil directly, uh, write this one down, pathfinderchat.com. It's easy to remember, pathfinderchat.com. You can schedule a meeting right there. And if you have... If you prefer to call, you can always do that at 
1-800-227-0506. We always get good feedback from our listeners, so we always appreciate hearing from you. Let's start off uh, this mailbag edition with a question from Johnny. He says, I have a weird situation. I've been very aggressive about funding my IRAs and 401ks over the years, so I have close to $2 million in those accounts. But I'm only 54 and suddenly find myself needing cash for a major home repair that I didn't expect. I feel poor because I have less than $5,000 in the bank because all of my money is tied up in retirement accounts. Should I just take the money out of the IRA and eat the penalty that I'd have to pay for taking it out early? Wow. Congratulations to Johnny. In, in fact, uh, you know he really is in a very weird situation because the average 54-year-old has a medium net worth of how much you think, Ben? How much you think a 54-year-old has saved up? Uh, I'm going to go with 54. I'm going to go $400,000. How about $168,000? Okay. That's it. That's according to Rocket Mortgage now. They might wow. be off a bit. But, uh, you know, if you talk about total assets, it'd probably be more than that, probably be closer to $400,000. But, but here's the deal. Maybe we should be asking Johnny his advice about how he accumulated <laughs> that money rather than him asking us our advice, right? <laughs> well, in any event, um, we need to ask Johnny some questions if we want to help answer him. And so, first of all, you know, we don't know how much money Johnny really needs. He says he, he doesn't even have 5000 in the bank. Well, that, that might be true, but, you know, how much money does he actually need? So, is Johnny yeah. still working? You know, if so, what is his income? Uh, does he have other sources of income? How about rental income or disability income from Social Security? You know, we got to kind of drill down here and ask some personal questions and get really kind of intimate here. Is he drawing from his IRAs now or his 401k for additional income? Uh, does he have a pension plan? And if so, when does he is he eligible to draw upon it? Uh, how about this? Is he married or have a significant other who's contributing to the household income? Is his house paid off? So apart from all these particular uh, questions, a short answer could be this. He could actually borrow from his 401k plan, Barb, yeah. rather than withdraw. That way, you know, he doesn't have to pay a 10% premature withdrawal penalty plus taxes. Now, if he borrows from his 401k, you know, he can borrow up to 50% or $50,000 max without paying any taxes on that. And he'll have up to five years to repay the loan. Uh, if Johnny leaves his job or retires, you know, he has anywhere from 60 to 90 days to repay the loan or it will be fully taxed. So he has to be aware of that. But here's another alternative. Aside from borrowing from his 401k plan, you know, he may wish to talk to a bank, a banker and establish a home equity loan mm -hmm. uh, and tap from that in the event of one of these kind of emergencies that come up. Yeah, sure. You know, it's a good time to mention uh, an emergency fund. <laughs> you know, I know the emergency have, fun. Yes. Yes. Uh -huh. You know, it's a uh, work up to that when all this is resolved between three to six months of income, because then of course we don't know what the cost of these, you know, um, repairs are. We just know he has about $5,000 in the bank uh, right now. But um you know, I said a couple of things, the line of credit, like you mentioned too, Phil, but a credit card, I mean, credit cards used to be, credit cards when we first opened credit cards they were charge cards and you charge yeah. something for the month and you paid it off the next and so if that's possible i mean credit cards are for emergencies um but i'd i would avoid the 401k uh, as far as just taking money out because you don't want that penalty borrowing like phil said is an is an option but i'm i, I would use that also as a last resort because i'm personally not a fan of borrowing money from your 401k because mm -hmm. it's your it's your retirement it is yep Yep. And isn't it amazing that Johnny was able to accumulate that much money? Yeah, that's some discipline. It really is. Yep. Yeah, that's mm -hmm. impressive, especially when you throw out that stat about the average savings. Mm -hmm. That's that's pretty remarkable. All right. Thanks, Johnny, for that question. Uh, let's move on to one from June. She says, I'm a federal employee 
I'll have a nice pension when I retire next year, but I'm wondering about the money in my TSP. Should I keep it invested there or should I move it somewhere else? Oh, that is a very good question, June. And I'm going to give you six considerations here and uh, six points. So first of all, um, number one, you do have four choices. You can keep some or all of your savings in your TSP. You can transfer assets to a new employer plan if you're still working and you're still in that environment. You can roll over your assets to an IRA or you can cash out your balance. Now, cashing out is rarely a good idea. If you're under 59 and a half, you have a penalty and you have to pay tax on that distribution. Secondly, if you choose to roll over your assets to an IRA, you can choose either a traditional or a Roth. A traditional IRA, you would have no taxes due. A Roth IRA, you'll have to pay taxes. You want to talk to a financial professional before making this move. And number three, I would say think twice before you do an indirect rollover. A direct rollover, you instruct the TSP to send assets directly to a new plan or to an IRA, and you never handle the money. With an indirect rollover, the tax consequences are significant because they're required to withhold taxes. And if you're younger than 59 and a half, you'll have an additional 10% penalty if, here's the keyword, if paperwork is not done properly for that. Number four, beware of uh, free or no fee claims. Mm -hmm. Even if there are no costs associated with the rollover itself, there are, there are going to be fees somewhere. And understand that for ongoing management of your account, there will be some cost. Mm -hmm. And I'd encourage you to, see, uh, to just see what that fee is. Don't shy away from paying something for investment management. You want to pay something because you want the advice. Some firms are investment management only. That's just one piece of the puzzle. Many people that we talk to and, and we know the financial firms around here, that is all that they do is just the uh, financial, uh, it's just the um, investment management. Um, but you also have to consider income planning, estate planning and mm -hmm. protection, tax planning, and those are all equal parts to a retirement plan. Number five, compare investment options. An IRA allows you to select from a broader choice of investment options and an employer plan. In a TSP, the fund choices are very limited. I've seen those plans and I have clients that have had TSPs. So whether IRA options are attractive or not depends on how satisfied you are with your TSP choices. Talk to a financial professional so they can explain the difference to you. And lastly, I would say your age matters. If you leave your job between 55 and 59 and a half, you may be able to take penalty-free withdrawals from the TSP. And this is something to talk to a, to a financial professional about again. Because of this option, you don't want to do this alone because the way in which you take the money and the period of time is very specific. Reach out to us at pathfinderchat.com and you can schedule a 15-minute call. We'd, we'd love to talk to you about this. Most of the people I've talked to, Barb, with uh, who've had TSP in the past, you know, they were kind of concentrated on the, the idea that it was really very low cost, right? Very, very low cost uh, with regard to what they were being charged during the time that they had the accounts. And so, you know, we have to kind of make them aware of the fact that there is there is more to the planning process post-retirement than just saving on cost. True. And so that's a matter of really uh, informing them as to what other traps there might be along the way that they need to be aware of. And so that could be money well spent, even just to sit down and talk to somebody for a little bit, find out what some of those traps are. That and, you know, what, what are they looking for for uh, retirement advice when they retire? I mean, they've got a plan there, but, you know, then they come comes time for required minimum distributions. They, you know, are they going to, are they on their own? Well, you know? pretty much. Yeah, I think so. I, I, you know, I think most people would want to sit down and look uh, eyeball to eyeball at somebody across the table and uh, they have a, a sense of, um, of really uh, trust and uh, establishing that relationship that they need to fall back on in the event that they, they need the help. 
Yeah, Absolutely. you fig- figure you're retired for a good 30 years. And those those plans, any plans actually are uh, employer sponsored plans are set up for the employee. So when you die, then now you're now your uh, your heirs have to deal with your previous employer, which might not always be the best option. Right. You have to seek out the best option for you. Absolutely. Yeah. Post uh, what we call postmortem planning with the right. family. Exactly right. All right. Very good question again. Thanks for that one. A lot to think about there, June. All right. uh, Here's a question from Fred. I like this one. I think we're at the bottom of the market and we'll finish way up for the years. Time to load up on stocks. Do you agree? (laughs) Wow. I think Fred's got the edge. I mean, he You got to find him. Yeah. 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 So (laughs) one of the things we have to kind of point out though here to be, uh, you know, completely honest is that uh, he's making a huge assumption here and it's this that the market can be successfully timed, right? We're at the bottom of the market. So many investors, whether they're professionals or not, still believe even after all the overwhelming advice out there, all the overwhelming evidence to the contrary, that either the top or the market, top or the bottoms of the market uh, can be called, right? Yeah, and someone will still take his advice. Yeah, exactly right, exactly right. And they're looking for proof. They're looking for some assurance that they know which direction they're headed. Mm -hmm. However, financial pros and academics have been trying to discover this secret sauce, you know, a pattern or formula or a system that can be successfully duplicated, right? And no one has found it yet because if they had, what would happen? What would they do, Barb, you think? If they found the formula, the secret sauce for determining which way the market's going, what do you think would happen? Well, everybody go there and they could, um, they, you know, it, it wouldn't be free, put it that way. Well, yeah, yeah. Somebody <laughs> somebody would corner the whole market right. and and capture all the wealth in the world, basically, is what would happen there, right? <laughs> yeah. What's, what are they going to do? Share that with, with you? Forget it. Right. So it's probably more accurate to say that the weather forecast will be more predictable than, <laughs> like than the stock market, you know? Hmm. So Fred needs to understand whether we are at the bottom or not, the market will still recover and not just recover, but really exceed its previous highs. So if Fred puts any confidence in the recovery, which he seems to imply, you know, which what difference does it make when, what time he puts in? Uh, just enter and stay, basically, because it's going to go up. He believes it's going to go up because he says it's at the bottom now. So one thing does concern me about Fred at this particular point, uh, Barb, what do you think that is? When you look at what Fred is trying to do here, what do you, what do you think has happened to Fred here? He's trying to time the market. He's trying to time the market, you know, but, you know, he's saying, hey, he wants to load up on stocks. So what's that telling us? He's probably been out of the market. Oh, he probably cashed out some. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Sure. He probably he's probably transferring in and out of the market, right? And so when you do that, academically speaking, you're going to miss some of the greatest yep. up days and recovery days around. The only way you can capture those days is if you stay in the market. So the last question I would have for Fred is how does he know that the market will finish way up this year? Hmm. If he has a foolproof way of determining this, uh, I and 10,000 other listeners at this point would probably like to know what it is, you know? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, Ben's sitting there going, yeah, tell me uh, what yeah. it is. I'd like to know too, yeah. For sure. <laughs> so AARP came up with a magazine article he re- here recently that talks about some of these financial prognosticators, some of the forecasters, and Fred should kind of ponder these rules. Rule number one is this, that you know the financial forecaster will give dates and numbers, but will never give them both at the same time. You know, so uh, otherwise they're going to box themselves in, mm. right? And if they're wrong, you know. Uh, Katie barred the door, you're in big trouble, right? Who's going to listen to you? Well, there's a lot of guys out there that do get it wrong all the time, but somehow or another, 
people still listen to him, right? Yeah, like Harry Dent. Oh, yeah. We don't want to mention any names, but Harry Dent's one. <laughs> <laughs> many, many books that are on, you know, on sale right now for many years. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, you could buy, get them all at discount because they're all wrong. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. now you, you know, clock, you know, what do they say? A stop clock is right twice a day kind of a thing. <laughs> you know, so you're the one that has all those little, little sayings. That, yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah, people forgot about them years ago. <laughs> So the second reason is that uh, these financial forecasters uh, sound so confident. Why is that? Well, because they're trying to sell you something, mm. create a situation, or you know, expound upon a problem. Yep. And you know, if you've got the problem, we've got the solution. Mm-hmm. You know, and so that's the other thing you have to be aware of. Yeah, keep keeping the emotions high. You bet. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what I said for Fred is he's partly misinforming and partly truthful. When someone says, I think we're at the bottom of the market is a form of market timing because no one really knows where no. the bottom is, of course. But when he says now is the time to load up on stocks I, is partially true. I don't know about loading up, but if you have a well-diversified portfolio, now is the time to buy more of what you already have. You're taking advantage of doing what others aren't and you get to ride those gains all the way back up. If listeners have money in a checking or savings account, decide what you can live with and, and invest the rest. Mm-hmm. If you understand this concept and take advantage of it, it's smart investing. Yeah, like that. What's we'll a we'll pair, Fred, with uh, with our first question from Johnny? They both very successful, mm-hmm. it seems mm-hmm. like. So. Oh, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> All right, mm-hmm. let's go one more here from Rita. She says, I'm 61 years old and I've never had a financial advisor. If I've made it this far on my own, surely I can make it the rest of the, the way, right? Oh, that's a good one. Mm-hmm. Well, several questions, Rita, and maybe in the end, you don't need a financial advisor. Are you working? Are you married? Do you have kids? Grown kids I'm, I'm, is what I'm referring to. If you're working, when will you retire? So first of all, if you have a pension and social security, and that consists of your investments in their entirety for retirement, then you may not need an advisor, simply because those both are stated amounts, and there's nothing for you to change or choose differently. But secondly, if you don't have a pension and you have a tax-deferred retirement account, like a 401k or a 403b, then I would encourage you to speak to a financial advisor. You'll need a retirement income plan at the very least. Mm -hmm. And remember that saving for retirement and withdrawing and living on that money for the rest of your life are two different things. When you're working, it's rather mindless to put money away and you don't even see it. You can't access it before you retire. And that's the easy part. Now, when you retire and where you're getting close to retirement, you not only need to know how long your money will last, but do you even have enough? An income plan has to provide income for you for 35 years. Do you have one? Uh, The other considerations are, how is your money allocated? Risk is important in retirement, but what do you need to see for a return on your money to sustain you for all your retirement years? Also, what your expenses look like today? Well, those are going to be about two and a half times that amount in 30 years just for the same basket of goods. Inflation has to be taken into account in the calculations. Lastly, taxes. I can tell you that within thir- with 30 years of uh, retirement ahead of you, taxes will increase during your retirement years. And how are you compensating for all that? I would suggest, Rita, that you seek out an advisor and just see what they have to say. You need another opinion. We'd be happy to chat with you. You schedule a 15-minute call at pathfinderchat.com. It never ceases to amaze me that people, um, you know, they, they really become overconfident, don't they? And, and the problem is that when they, when they enter into retirement, they don't know that they don't know something. Right. And, and so they don't know, as an example, um, if they, how much money they'll need for illnesses, or they don't know what, uh, what inflation will do to their purchasing power, or they don't know how much insurance costs will go up 
or they don't know that uh, there's a high percentage of people uh, that will end up going to a nursing home and, and wipe wipe out uh, their holdings. So if nothing else, they need to know what they don't know. That's the biggest issue going on here is that they have to be informed. And so they're entering a new phase of life where they have no idea what's going to possibly be on the horizon financially for them. You know, I think, too, that um, if you think you're going to just retire and withdraw on those accounts as an, on an as-needed basis, that's a, that's a disaster. That's oh, not is. a successful plan. Um, I just want to say that we have set up income plans for our clients, and if they follow those plans, they're successful. Um, but there's sometimes when you're withdrawing more and more, because you're really not paying attention to it, take, taking more and more out of, other than what you know was de- devised with the plan currently, that's not a sustainable plan. It's not. In fact, uh, one of the things that we, we do, uh, and it's, it's, it's imperative that we do this, is that we have to review the plan every single year because things like taxes can change right. and affect you know, their particular take-home money. And, and so unless you've got somebody who's going to stay on top of it with you all the time, th- these things will bypass you. And uh, you'll be asleep at the wheel, and all of a sudden you're you're missing that opportunity to really save and, and to do the right, make the right decisions at the right time. Yeah, it's more than just investment management. Yep. yep. Great question, Rita. Uh, great questions all around. Thanks for sending them in to us today. And if you have one for us, please get in touch. And if you want to schedule a time, just sit down and talk with Barbara and Phil on your own and discuss things uh, between the two or three of you. You can always do that as well. Just go to Pathfinder chat.com. You can schedule a meeting right there through that website, pathfinderchat.com. If you want to call, the number is 815-399-9806 for Pathfinder Wealth as well. All right. Great addition as always. I love the mailbag. I love to hear from our listeners. Also love to hear these different topics. We covered a lot today. So Barbara and Phil, thanks for that. Thanks a lot, Ben. Stay cool on the farm. Absolutely. (laughs) Yes. And, And make sure you recover from that vacation you had, Phil. Thank you. <laughs> I right, will talk to you all soon. Thanks for listening to the Retirement Pathfinder. For Barbara Lane and Phil Gusky, I'm Ben George. Take care. Information is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute tax, investment, or legal advice. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action.